Amen. Thank you so much. Isn't it a great day today to be here and see what the Lord has done? It's always thrilling to my wife and me to be able to come here and see the folk here and see what God is doing in this place and this special occasion on your 35th anniversary as a church and the 35th anniversary for uh, Pastor and Mrs. Wendell as well and uh, being able to be here. And we just praise the Lord uh, for all of you being here, being part of the ministry and serving the Lord and for the great, great testimony uh, that uh, God has through this place. It's a, definitely a place where he is honored and glorified. I remember when I had been pastoring for 10 or 12 years, there was a pastor in our state that was celebrating his 25th anniversary. And I thought about that, and I thought, wow, how does a guy stay in one place for 25 years? I thought, he must have had a real easy ministry to be in that place 25 years. Uh, but this old guy, he was probably 50 years old. But I thought, how did the guy hang in there that long in service? But I can tell you, 35 years for Pastor Wendell, praise the Lord for faithful men of God, and, uh, and all the work that uh, is done here, and all the workers and the helpers, and I say, Congratulations to the staff as well uh, for all the work that they done. Pastor Ms. Elstock used to be at Fairfax, and it was I was so regretful when they left and came up here because they I didn't mind them leaving, but they wouldn't let Jamie stay at our church. They they took her too, but <clears throat> but uh, what a blessing they were to us, and a great blessing, tremendous blessing here uh, at uh, Valley Forge Baptist Temple and. Brother Joyner and Brother Eifert and Brother Colton and, and Matt Wendell and all the other staff members and all the people, uh, deacons and workers. It's just tremendous to see what God is doing and working together. I've always go by kind of judging a church. Uh, you can kind of judge a church for me anyhow, and I've, I've been in a lot of them, by what happens out in the foyer lobby of a church. And out there, I mean, you, you, your life is at risk when you're out in your lobby out there. It's so crowded and people moving all the time. And, and now they got these lassos around their neck. Uh, I'm scared to death. I'll get caught on one of them. But it's, uh, it's thrilling to just to kind of see the excitement and the joy that is there and being able to serve the Lord. And I think we can all say praise the Lord for what God has done at the Valley Forge Baptist Temple. And to God be the glory, all praise and honor, I know, goes to God for his eternal goodness as well. Ephesians chapter 3, if you would look there in your Bible for a moment, <clears throat> for several moments as a matter of fact, but in Ephesians chapter 3, uh, there's a wonderful text here <clears throat> of which your pastor's already used, <clears throat> and, uh, and I look at it as well for us <clears throat> uh, to think about in Ephesians chapter 3, a couple of familiar verses here, particularly <clears throat> verse 20, where it says in verse 20, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. I think about the book of Ephesians that is a wonderful, wonderful book penned by the Apostle Paul, recording it for all of us. And he kind of breaks it up into two sections, first three chapters and the second three chapters. The first three chapters deal with some of the lighter doctrines in the Bible like election and predestination and adoption and 
dispensationalism and, and the sovereignty of God and, and redemption and God's grace. So he takes care of those easier things in the first few chapters. And the last three chapters of Ephesians deals with the Christian walk, how to live for God. Once you've been saved and born into God's family, how you can walk with the Lord. He tells us things about uh, gifts of the Spirit that are there and the importance of loving one another. He talks about family responsibilities that each of us has in the family. And then he ends up kind of reminding us about the spiritual warfare that we're in with the devil and how we're to take our stand and to stand against him in every way. But right in the middle of those three chapters in the front and the last three chapters is that one Bible verse that ought to be underlined in your Bible if it's not. But look there and I call your attention to verse 21. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages and world without end. There are a lot of things that we like to have in a church. We love the people, as all of you folk. We love the beautiful facilities. Uh, the outreach is important. The missions is important. And finance is important. And programs are important. And the workers that we have in the church, and you all have plenty of them, uh, and the schools and the church grow. But nothing, and I mean nothing, is as important as God getting glory in our lives in church. The glory of the Lord. So unto him be glory in the church. And that's exactly what the Lord wants. After all, for his church, it is his. He died for it. And the Bible says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and, and all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. So I think how wonderful it is that God Almighty died for the church and then owns the church, but he tells us I want glory from that church as well. But how do you get glory? I mean, what's the difference between God getting glory in the church or not getting glory in the church? How do you really get the glory aspect? How does God get that glory from us and from Valley Forge Baptist Temple? And I, I, I go back and I think in my mind, years ago I was in a, a college board meeting with some directors and one of them spoke up and he simply said, you know, he said, I'd like to be involved in something where it cannot be explained but by God doing his work. And we all thought about it then. But I think about the local New Testament church and I think about Valley Forge Baptist Temple. I think this is a place where God has gotten the glory because you've let the Lord do his work and you've been to have the opportunity to exalt him in every way. And I look and say, praise the Lord for what God has done and praise the Lord for the ministry that he has created right here at Valley Forge Baptist Temple. But what's the difference in churches that bring glory to God and churches that don't? Uh, it's not because of our size, but because of God getting glory from the church. And so I want to remind you of some things that I believe has brought you to this point. Uh, and I believe that I know confidently that God will continue to do his work through you as well. But here are a few things to ponder as you think about what is it? I mean, how do you, how do you bring that glory to God? How is it that a, a church can honestly say, to God be the glory for the great things he hath done in our place? I'm going to share a few verses with you, but look back in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 in your Bibles, the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and I think, <clears throat> but God has to be the one doing 
the work as well. And I remind us that we can be involved in work and ministry. We can work hard and we can roll up our sleeves and we can put our heart and soul, we can put our mind into it and our education into it and our personality into it and all of our talent and our gifts and our abilities. But if God's not involved in it, it won't count for anything. So God has to be the one. But I, I think about the, the Apostle Paul as he was writing the church at Corinth uh, and sharing with them because some of the people there had, had been struggling in their lives and, and some of them were carnal and they're fighting back and forth, little bickering going on. And so he reminds them of something that I remind us of as well in verse 6. He says, look, he said, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So Paul's saying, look, it's not man's doing. It's not what I have done. It's not who preached here and who baptized me or who taught me or who. It's God that gave the increase. So he said, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planted anything, neither is he that watered, but God that giveth the increase. So how does God get glory? I'll tell you how he gets glory in the church is when, but God gives the increase. It's not my doing, it's not man's doing, it's not your program or methodology, it's God doing his work. And I'll tell you honestly, and I, and I know all of you people know your pastor, I'm sure, in a wonderful way, in a different way than I know him, but I say for sure, one of the things I've always loved about him is his humility, his love for God, his always talking about the Lord and deflecting any glory that he or a church could get to God. And I say, praise the Lord for that. But God, it's God's doing. It's what God has done. And it's not from our programs or our thoughts because as the Bible says, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts in Zechariah 4, 6. So I think it's all of God. And by the way, God giveth the increase. How many of you this morning, how many of you were saved through the ministry of Valley Forge Baptist Temple or baptized uh, through this church here? A bunch of people, a whole bunch of people in the balcony as well. And you say, praise the Lord. Aren't you glad God put this place here? And I think praise the Lord for all that he has done. Uh, and the work and ministry of Valley Forge Baptist Temple as well. I think of all those churches, I have, or the dozen churches that have been started out of this place and the different missionary evangelists you've been able to send overseas as well, starting more churches. And I've always believed that a heart for church planting is the key for the work of the Lord and his church. So he says, look, I'm not anything. It's not me. It's not a person. It's not a, it, it's just, it's but God. But God giveth the increase. God has blessed our church. I remember back in the very beginning with Brother Elstock and Brother Abby, and I came up and joined with, with Brother Wendell when he was there working his internship at our church and coming up here and saying, wow, this is a wide open place. No really good church that we know of around. They think, well, here we are, just a few people in the very beginning uh, that he was able to get and to see what the Lord has done now in 35 years. To God be the glory. How do you get glory? But God gives the increase, and the Lord has blessed and brought about the increase, and praise the Lord for it. Look over with me now in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. When I think of God getting the, the glory in our lives, now unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages and world without end. In 1 Thessalonians in chapter 2, another verse that I think of 
as a but God moment as to the Lord working. I say God gets glory in the church when we please the Lord. Notice in chapter 2 of 1 Thessalonians uh, and in verse 1, where he says in verse 1, For yourselves, brethren, know our entrance in unto you, that it was not in vain, but even after that we had suffered before, and were shamefully entreated, as you know, at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. For our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in guile, but as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God which trieth our heart. Thessalonica was a, a pagan city when the Apostle Paul arrived there. He had been in Philippi, about 100 miles north, and, and he came to Thessalonica, and he spent several weeks in the synagogues and preaching the Word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ only. And when it was time to go, he left a thriving church that was growing and going forward, and God was doing his work there, uh, and a great testimony of God's grace. But Paul is now writing back to the church, reminding them of who he was when he was with them, and that he was simply God's messenger. But the reason he, he went on, on this kind of a defensive mode here that in these verses uh, was because of all the false allegations that had been leveled against him. He said, look, he said, we weren't anything at all. Our gospel there that we were preaching unto you, which was mighty important, but he, and he said, God allowed us. But notice in verse 4 where he said, as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel. Notice the great privilege he had of being able to preach the gospel. Anyone who names the name of Jesus Christ has the privilege of carrying the word of God to lost and dying world and telling them about Jesus. That's our responsibility, the psalmist said, to declare his glory. That's the job that we all have in Psalm 96. So I say, Lord, I want to declare your glory, but, but <clears throat> the apostle Paul was talking here now about being allowed of God where he said to be put in trust with the gospel. He had given the gospel of God out in verse 2. He said, with much contention. And if I were to say the word contention in the Greek language in which it was written, here's what the word sounds like. Agony. Where we get our word agonize. So he said, there's a lot of agony going on there as well. Uh, and much contention, but he said, I gave out the word of God. I preached the gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ to you people there. And by the way, when he said, I was allowed of God, uh, it's the exact same word that's used over in uh, the book of 2 Timothy 2.15, where he said, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And the word approved is the same word allowed here in our text in verse 4. So he's simply saying, I went through some trials, I went through some testing, and God now has allowed me, he's approved me for the purpose of giving out the gospel, the great privilege. But notice also the great the great faith that was there as well, the great pleasing that was done. He said in verse 4, again, where he said, not as pleasing men. Our, our goal was not to be able to please men, but God, which trieth the hearts. Now, wonderful, if it, he, Paul was simply saying, I'm not a people pleaser. If you can please people and God, praise the Lord. But he said, my number one goal in my life is to please Almighty God. And the Bible reminds us 
Without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God. <clears throat> I mean, you can't do it <clears throat> uh, in Hebrews eleven six. I can't please God unless I have faith. Paul said, I'm not concerned about pleasing men, but I'm pleasing God. Now, that doesn't mean that because you don't have to please men, you can have a cantankerous spirit and go around and snubbing your nose at people and yelling. And that's not it at all. He still wanted to be kind and gracious, which he always was, as we heard uh, Brother Farrell refer to earlier. But I think he was so concerned about pleasing God because he knows that God's the one who's to get the glory in our churches. And I know that uh, the Lord has done his work through this church, and I know there's been a wonderful time of pleasing the Lord, and you praise the Lord for that. So I say, hey, not, not a people pleaser. That's not our concern, but we want to please God. It's but God, and if you can do both, praise the Lord for it as well. And the Bible says, as we think about without that faith, we're not going to be able to please the Lord. And I think there are a lot of people saved in world evangelism on purpose here at Valley Forge Baptist Temple. And marriages have been strengthened and broken hearts fixed and ravished bodies healed and spiritual growth and nice facilities and friendships and a testimony in all the world. And praise the Lord for your faith. Keep it going forward. Keep growing. Keep trusting the Lord. How are we going to work this out? How can we get more church planners? How can we get more men and women in the ministry? How can we give more? How can we serve and get more evangelists out there, missionaries out there to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? How can I have a stronger marriage? How can I live for the Lord? How can I find my niche at VFBT? What can I do for God's glory? And I think, Lord, increase our faith because without it, we can't please him. But with it, we bring glory to God in the church through the Lord Jesus Christ. Years ago, uh, my, uh, my wife and I had the opportunity of going down to the wilds camp, and I was, <clears throat> I was uh, ministering down there for a week, and we were in a family camp, and, uh, <clears throat> and there was a, a man that came and gave us a little story about his son. Well, my wife was writing a message to, a letter to uh, her parents. By the way, I keep forgetting, letter for you millennials, uh, this, this was kind of a letter, you call it a hard copy, but it was a letter that we used to use and back before the old days, this was in 1989, <coughs> uh, August the 1st, and we were, my wife would write her parents a letter, she, her mom would write back, and they would go back and forth uh, with writing letters, but my wife was writing her mom uh, a letter. I'm going to read one paragraph. It was three pages. She said, it was August the 1st, 1989. <clears throat> my wife writing to her mom. She said, I just thought of a cute little story we heard this past week. One of the men at the wilds told us about his little boy. <clears throat> his boy was about five years of age and was playing in his sandbox. He had heard about how as a Christian... You could ask the Lord for things and then get them. So he prayed that God would make his sandbox like Noah's ark and the ground around him an ocean. So when his dad heard this, he asked, Well, son, what happened? Did he do it? And his son then told him that he didn't, uh, he didn't do it. Uh, See, I lost my place. His son told him he didn't do it, but that was because he had sin in his heart 
uh, that he needed to take care of. So he went to his little friend across the street and asked for forgiveness uh, for something bad he had done. And then he asked his sister to forgive him for something and then went back out to a sandbox. And if I could pause right there for a moment. Uh, having had four sisters of my own, any boy that asks his sister for forgiveness is a spiritual boy. I can tell you that. So this kid we're talking about was a spiritual kid. So he said, I asked my sister for forgiveness. And he said, this time, my wife writing, he said he prayed and asked God to make his sandbox an airplane so he could fly around the sky. Well, then his dad asked him again, well, son, did he do it? No, the boy responded, but he was just getting ready to when I remembered, I don't know how to fly an airplane. And I stopped him just in time. I thought, oh my goodness, wouldn't that be nice to have that kind of faith? I mean, he literally thought, this thing's going to turn into an airplane and I don't know how to fly it. But I think, Lord, just increase our faith. But God, you know, but when God increases our faith and when God works in our hearts and when God does his work, then we can honestly please him and thank the Lord for it. Thank God for faith that is taken as well and going forward for the Lord. I think about the faith. Keep in mind, Valley Forge Baptist Temple was started in the heart of Almighty God. God then transferred that love and heart over to your pastor, who then carried out the mission and commission that God had given him to start VFBT. And you praise the Lord for that. And you praise the Lord that through all of that, God's been pleased and God's been able to be blessed because the honor that's been given to him, the glory that's been given to Almighty God, because God wants to continue to receive the glory from the FBT. I'd also say in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, if you look there for a minute, a, a familiar verse to us as well about temptation that comes our way. You think, but God wants the glory in our lives and God wants the glory in our church and how can I really give it? Well, I've got to make sure I'm out of the way and I'll let God have his way so that God can be glorified in it. And we're all reminded there in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that there is no temptation taken you, but such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape. So I say, well, how does God get glory? God gets glory when we get the victory. But God, when God does his work, he, Almighty God, will get the victory in our lives. And I can remember back 54 years ago, and, and yes, I can still remember back that far, when I got saved and realized as I came to the altar of the Lord with a whole suitcase full of sins and regrets and ungodliness, and God forgave them of me of everything I'd ever done, just like he will for any lost sinner. Uh, any of us who proclaim the name of Jesus Christ has forgiven us of all of our past sin and then unbelievably so, even of our future sins. God has done it. And I wish that I'd lived the, the ideal perfect Christian life all my life, but I haven't, unfortunately. But I can tell you this, that God has always, always will be, always was, and always will be in the future for me and for you. 
He'll always be faithful. But God is faithful. I may let him down sometime, but God is faithful right there beside me. And if I can put my heart and mind back on the Lord and realize these temptations come and that we get bombarded with them every day, by the way. I remember so clearly as a freshman in college, I've been saved a year and I went off to Bible college and I remember so clearly going through all the fiery darts of the devil that he was throwing and hurling my way. And all I could think about, Lord, if I can just make it to become a senior, then I'll have all these Bible courses. And then with all that Bible training, then I won't have all the problems with temptation that I'm having now. Boy, was I in for a rude awakening. Oh, my goodness. I've got more now than I've ever had. Uh, there's something about it. But we know they're going to come. The devil's never let up. The devil, by the way, wants to destroy you and stop you right in your tracks and get you to quit, give up, throw in the towel, forget it all. But God is faithful. God will never let us down. And he gets glory as we get the victory in our lives and being able to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember Joseph in the Bible and, and all of his jealous brothers that he had sold him to the Midianites for 20 pieces of silver. Then they <clears throat> took him down to Egypt where they sold him to Potiphar, who was captain of Pharaoh's guard. And long story short, he was put in prison for a couple of years at least and eventually became the second in command in the country of Egypt. And there had been a, a famine in the land of, of Israel and Egypt and all of Joseph's brothers came for food and Joseph was the only one as far as they knew on the whole planet that had food to be able to give because he'd stored it up for seven years. And so they came and through some circumstances Joseph had all of his brothers there around the table feeding them at his table. They didn't know who he was. He was disguised. He was speaking in Arabic instead of in their language. And so finally he has his brothers there and he says I am Joseph. Can you imagine how his brothers felt? That's one of those, that's one of those moments in the Bible that just, wow, you wish you could see it on the video camera. <clears throat> I am Joseph. And you can imagine these guys, their jaws dropped open. They're thinking right now, I've had it. He's going to kill us. I mean, he's the one that we sold when he was a kid. We got rid of him. We didn't love him. We went and lied about it to dad, told dad he was killed. And here's his coat that he had of all those colors. <clears throat> And Joseph, after they were thinking this isn't going to work out at all, all the, they're, I mean, they're about trembling in their boots. Joseph said, You thought evil against me, but God meant it for good. Brought glory to God in his life in the midst of heartache, in the midst of trial, in the midst of separation from his family. Joseph stayed faithful to God knowing that God is at work. And I remind us, no matter what it is in your life or mine, God is faithful. He'll give us the victory if we keep our eyes and our heart on him. Back in Ephesians, back in the book of Ephesians, in chapter 2, and I'm finished, but I think how wonderful it is there of how the Lord does his work in our lives and through our lives and what he can do for any of us Stop and think. Look with me for a moment in, in Ephesians chapter 2. Maybe you'd say, well, I'm not sure I even know the Lord. Or, I'm not sure I know God. I'm, I'm not sure I've, I've got the security in my life to say, thank the Lord for my trials and temptations that come my way because I know God is faithful to me. Maybe, maybe you're just not sure about that thing. Notice what Paul said in chapter 2. He said, and you 
hath he quickened or made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. He's saying, remember, all of us have been like this. All of us were living by the lust of our flesh. All of us were living ungodly lives. All of us were dead and our trespasses and sin. We lived in the miry clay, the filth of the world, the darkness of the underworld. The devil had control of our lives. We know not the Lord. And so we were living. They said the whole church was like that, just like the whole church here had been like that in the past as well for every human being. And then notice in verse 4, when he says in verse 4, but God, but God who is rich in mercy... For sins, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved. And he's raised us up. He is saying, remember, but God did his work here. But God had his mercy. But God provided for us. And when I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ as my Savior, then I too can be forgiven of all my sins, washed in his blood, cleansed by the Son of God and the work of his Holy Spirit to regenerate me and give me a brand new life in Jesus Christ. It doesn't mean I'm going to be pain-free or sin-free or I can just kind of sit back in my laurels. It simply means that I'm forgiven. And you're looking at someone who's been forgiven of his sins. I've had plenty, probably more than you, but I've been forgiven. And thank God today I'm heaven-bound, just like most of the folks in here as well. But perhaps... You're just kind of on the fence. You, you maybe you think that's right. You understand the Bible and you know that Jesus died for us, was buried and raised again from the dead. That is the gospel. And you believe that in here, but there's never been a transformation in your heart. And I can tell you this morning, but God is willing to give you a new life in Jesus Christ if you trust him as your very own savior. And if you've never asked him to forgive you and to save your soul, this is the time. This is the perfect time to be able to come and say, Lord, that's exactly what I want in my life. But God, and he, the, the, sometimes the, we stop and think, is it really possible? I mean, what about the church? And what about the baptism? And, and what about the Lord's Supper? And what about communion? Or what about living a good life? I say all of that, none of it works to get us to heaven. None of it gets me one step closer. It doesn't get me one rung higher on the ladder. It's Jesus alone that gets us to heaven. It's but God in his mercy will save our souls. And when we get saved, then we can bring glory to almighty God with our lives. So God gets glory when we get saved as well. So I say VFBT, Congratulations on letting God work through you to glorify him and then impact the rest of the world and our lives as well as so many of us that hear from time to time and enjoy your newsletter and, and hear the testimonies and the blessings and the fellowship we can have with, with your leaders as well. And think, thank God for what he's done at VFBT. But I say God is glorified when he gives the increase 
And when we please him, and when we get the victory, and when you get saved, God gets the glory. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, I pray, dear Lord, that you'll do your work in our lives. Help us, Lord, I pray, to trust you for the increase to trust you, Lord, for the victory in our lives, that we might continue to have faith to trust you even more and depend on you. And, Lord, thank you for providing salvation for each one of us. And thank you, Lord, for seeing more people saved and the growth that has come as well from your glory. And, Lord, honestly, I know the heart of VFBT and Pastor Wendell and the staff that, Lord, they want you, Almighty God, to get the glory. Jesus, that you might get the glory from this place. And I pray you'll just keep doing your work and have your will in the life of this church. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And I'm going to turn the invitation over in just a moment to the pastor. But how many of you would say, preacher, I know I'm a Christian. I know there was a day in my life when I accepted Christ as my Savior. And thank God, by his glory, I'm heaven bound. If that's an assurance, would you lift up your hand? You say, I, I know for sure about that. I'm settled in my heart and mind. I know for sure. Thank you very much. If you couldn't raise your hand, may I ask you this morning, would you like to be able to go to heaven? Would you like to know that Jesus Christ is yours? Maybe you've always believed in the death, burial, and resurrection, but there's a difference between head knowledge and heart knowledge. And you'd say this morning, by the grace of God, please, I want to accept Christ as my Savior this morning. I'll not point you out. I'll not call you out in any way at all. But you'd say, I'm concerned about my soul. Please pray for me that maybe even this morning I would accept Jesus as my own Savior. If that's your prayer, would you slip up your hand, indicate that to the pastor and me, anyone at all, downstairs or upstairs, someone over here, thank God. Someone else, you say, please remember me in prayer. I'd, I'd like to go to heaven, like to make sure. God bless you, young lady. Thank you. Just say, I, I'm really concerned for my soul. I want to make certain about this matter. Anybody in the balcony, you say, please remember me in prayer. I'd like to make sure about this matter. <clears throat> so someone in the back here, God bless you. Thank you so much. You say, remember us in prayer. I really want God to do his work. And maybe as a Christian, your faith has been waning or you haven't been involved in the soul winning or you're not out serving as you ought, just say this morning, we want God to be glorified. And the more I can bring honor and glory to him through strengthening my faith, God will get the glory. Father in heaven, I pray you would bless during this invitation time. And Lord, that you might save these dear ones that raise their hand, that they might accept Jesus even this morning and come during that invitation time. And we'll give you the honor and the glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together, shall we? All right, we're going to start our afternoon service at this time. And I know everybody just filled up on that ham and macaroni, but let's stand and sing uh, two verses of Heaven Came Down and Glory Filled My Soul. Sing on the first and the last. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day. Day I will never forget. Oh. Uh -huh. 
Amen. Great singing. You may be seated. All right. Trust you had a good lunch. Welcome back. Uh, we do have one, uh, another video greeting we'll go ahead and share with you at this time. Scott Wendell, on the occasion of the 35th anniversary of the Valley Forge Baptist Temple and the great work that God has used you and Jody and the wonderful people at Valley Forge to accomplish. When I think about the testimony of Brother Wendell and the people of this wonderful church, I'm mindful of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3, which says, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith, your labor of love, and your patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Brother Wendell, thank you for the faith to go to a needy area and begin winning souls for Jesus. Uh, thank you for the love that has kept you there for three decades and five years. And thank you for the patience you have as you look for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thousands have been saved. Many families have been mended, encouraged, and helped by the faithful preaching of the Word of God that you have given. You've been a friend to church planters and missionaries. It's been my joy to serve with you uh, as we have labored for missions, as we have trained the next generation for Jesus, and I count your friendship as one of the greatest treasures in my life. And so from the Lancaster Baptist Church, from the West Coast Baptist College, and from the heart of the Chapel family, we say congratulations, thank you, and may God continue to use you in the days ahead for his honor and his glory. So Pastor Paul Chapel, Lancaster Baptist Church, dear friend to our ministry, uh, dear friend to, uh, to our missionaries as well, and so what a joy to be able to uh, get a greeting from him. One of our deacons wanted to come at this time, and it's going to be Brother Jeff Buckman, so I'll have him come. What a day it has been already, celebrating our 35th anniversary. But I'd like to ask the pastors and their wives if they would come up on the platform. It would not be complete. Now, don't be bashful, you know, come on up. But it wouldn't be complete if we did not give you a gift. So we have a bonus to give you and some flowers to give the wives as well. Men, if you would come over and... When we saw the, uh, the different numbers and statistics this morning that were presented, and if we just think of the lives that have been changed for eternity through the ministry of Pastor Wendell and the entire staff, I think um, we can honestly say that we have the A-team here. We have Pastor Wendell and all of the, the other pastors, and that forms a team that when we have missionaries that come and visit, and when we have our own Brother Farrell, when he, he tells us as well that we have a special place here at VFBT, and I think that you would all agree. So gentlemen, ladies, thank you for your ministry. Thank you for the souls that have been saved for eternity. And thanks as well for the input in each of our lives as we, on Sundays, Wednesdays, through various Bible studies that we learn and that we grow in the Lord through their ministry. So thank you very much.
That means Pastor Elstock is busy working in the ministry, all right? <laughs> but he is here. We are, we are glory-bound, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. When, when my dad got saved, my, my, my biological dad was taken to heaven when I was about the age of four, and we moved to Texas, and my mom uh, remarried. Uh, my stepdad, Paul Jones, he did his best to become a really good dad. We joined the Indian Guides and went faithfully to a denominational church, and he really tried his best in his own human effort. But there was something that he could not overcome, and that was alcohol addiction and all that went with that. And he is the first to say, Jesus Christ freed him. Jesus Christ delivered him. And all that we went through in that alcoholic home with, with uh, you can just imagine that goes with it, with the police coming over and, and all that. My mom, uh, my mom uh, prayed and, and would not leave and continued to love and God answered her prayers when a co-worker opened a Bible and uh, Paul Jones received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And that was the good work that began in his heart. What AA couldn't do, what Al-Anon couldn't do, Jesus Christ could do. And so this fall will be 44 years without any alcohol in his heart and life. And that transformation went from being the absolute meanest man that I knew to becoming the kindest and gentlest man that I know today. And so God does answer prayers. And that was years of prayers for my mom for that to be able to happen. And so when I saw that happen, and they found that, that tract at a gas station at Natoli uh, Sunoco, uh, it was something just about this size, and there was a stack of tracks there at the gas station after the car had broken down and had had some service on it. My mom picked it up, and it said Fairfax Baptist. And my dad had been a Baptist, a lost Baptist, a southern lost Baptist. And so he took that, and after his coworker led him to Christ, called the pastor, and that was Bud Calvert. And he asked him a few questions because he knew the right questions to ask, and so we went to church. First Sunday there, the place was packed and crowded with hundreds of bus kids. And I sat in the back row of the balcony, but it took four months, four months, because I had been told, because you were baptized as a baby, you're good. You have enough righteousness in that little baptism sprinkling that'll wash away your sins to get you to heaven. But after four months of hearing the gospel week after week, and it was the message that you preached out of Matthew 22, the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and love others. And it was in that moment and you'll heal this again next week. In that moment, I knew I was a sinner, a selfish, lost sinner, bound for hell. And in the closing invitation prayer, I prayed and asked Jesus Christ to be my Savior. Uh, two months later, my brother and I were baptized the first Sunday, I guess it was 1976, and no turning back, no turning back. We are glory-bound. We are glory-bound. Uh, one of our dear, sweet members, Barb Larson, unexpectedly went to be with Christ Friday night, 74 years of age. But I said to Ken yesterday and again today, 
if she could come back, she wouldn't want to because heaven's just too great. It's just too great. And so we're going we're gonna to sing about that and give God praise as the glory-bound quartet's going to come at this time. Uh, gentlemen, I'd like you to introduce yourselves and as you sing and, and uh, just share what God has placed upon your heart. Thank you for making the big, long trip from Georgia to come up and be with us and to help us uh, celebrate today. Let's welcome the glory-bound quartet. Good afternoon. We have already really enjoyed being here. Thank y'all for the invite. And I said y'all, y'all got that? <laughs> uh, from Georgia. But uh, we have just uh, had a great time in the Lord. And before we get started, I want to say for myself, I want to tip my hat to you and praise Jesus for all of the accomplishments that Jesus, God, has done through you and through your obedience to the Holy Spirit, I can just say, wow. What, what an accomplishment <coughs> over the 35 years, all the things that you guys have done. And I, again, I tip my hat to you for that. I'm getting ready to go to glory. How about you? story told by prophets of old about a city that we shall behold a city that's built by the savior's own hand i'm getting ready brother to move over to the promised land i'm getting ready to cross over jordan's swelling tide i'm getting ready to make this old world goodbye i'm safe that's one thing Lord shall appear. Get ready, brother, before he gets here. If you're not ready when the Lord says it's time, you'll never make it to the beautiful city. You'll be left behind. Well, I'm getting ready to cross over Jordan's swelling tide. I'm getting ready to bid this old world goodbye. I'm saying that's one thing I know. We hope and pray that you are. We've been praying for people to be saved today. I hope you have. 
and you can know that you know that you know Jesus is your Savior. Don't go out the doors without him today. You're not guaranteed promise tomorrow. You're not guaranteed to make it to your car. We're all just one heartbeat away from eternity. Where are you going to spend it? You can know today. Pastor, I hope you're, I'm all right to say this. This altar is open anytime, all the time that we're up here. Amen. Do not let glory bound stand between you and your wonderment of salvation. I know.
Amen. How many know this morning that you're on your way to glory? Amen. This next number is uh, features Stephen, uh, who married Renee. For most, some of y'all that may not know that, we thank y'all for Renee. Uh, she has been a blessing to us. Uh, I've been trying to teach her Southern stuff, like, like saying yo, oh, oh yeah, yeah, trying to learn her Southern stuff, like yuns and y'all and tote instead you all we love her <laughs> Stephen's gonna lead us and hide down me
for those of you who don't know, that's called a Southern Gospel ending. It sounds like somebody's going off over here and somebody's going off over here, and then they all come together at the end. And for those of you who also don't know, that is a little touch of convention singing, and that's where they all go off on four different songs almost in one song, and then they all come back at the end. We're not going to We do don't that. do that. <laughs> The pastor was just talking uh, before he introduced us about being glory bound. And all of us that are saved, we're on a one-way trip. Nobody can take that away from us. They can take our spouses, our jobs, our health, our money, our government, everything else. But your salvation is secure. Amen. Had an old-fashioned Sunday school teacher tell me one time, said, Bob, said, I'm as good as there. And we are. We're just waiting on that call. Amen. One-way trip. This next number is a brand new number. It's uh, called Call Him King. When our Savior was on this earth, his last few years in his ministry, 
spreading and teaching us how we're supposed to act. <clears throat> and you know the story. They didn't accept him. They spit upon him. They beat him. They even put a crown of thorns on his head. And in mockery, they called him king as they raised the cross up and nailed him to it. They thought they had won a victory, but they had not. They put him in the ground. Three days later, he got up. And in about 40 days after that, he ascended back to glory. No doubt, angels stepped back and welcomed him home back to glory. No doubt, they called him king because they knew who he was. And one day, preacher, old Bob Reese going to face him eyeball to eyeball. And I'm going to call him king for all eternity. What about you? Call him king. <laughs>
make you want to shout you got a your boat's got a hole in it amen one you day, battling again one day all of mankind will call him king those of us that are saved and those that are not i hope you know him hope you don't face him without knowing him as your savior let me take just a moment and introduce the guys and, and look, tell you just a little bit about uh, who Glory Bound is. Uh, on the piano from Taylorsville, Georgia, where they still pipe in sunlight. He's the only one who knows where it's at. That's right. <laughs> from Taylorsville, Georgia, Mr. Rick Sullins. Standing next to him, y'all already know, singing the tenor from Canton, Georgia, Mr. Stephen Evans. I wanna brag on him, not just because we're here at uh, Renee's uh, former church, but uh, I've said this many times. I don't know of any tenor in Southern Gospel business that's any better tenor than Stephen Evans. He is just a blessing. <laughs> and then our newest member from Dalton, Georgia, uh, singing the lead, Mr. Kirk, Eric Kirkham. <laughs> <laughs> and then standing next to me, singing the baritone from Holly Springs, Georgia, Mr. Gary Carrington. And the guy who will be doing most of the talking and won't let me get a word in edgewise hardly. To my left is our bass singer, also from Holly Springs, Georgia, Mr. Bob Reese. Take just a moment to share uh, who Glory Bound is and, and what our ministries are. Uh, I'm going to start way back. 34 years ago my wife and I started a uh, white Christmas concert to raise money for underprivileged children at Christmas time and uh, we we help uh, purchase Christmas for between two and three hundred children every year we've been doing that for 34 years and out of that uh, I formed Glory Bound Quartet 19 years ago and uh, we're involved with uh, an orphanage in Cachira, Peru. 
uh, I sit on the board of directors for that orphanage and have been down there many times. Uh, I can't go back because of my heart condition, but my heart is there. If you ever been on a mission trip, you're going to leave part of you there. Uh, we're also involved with a assisted living ministry. We go to the assisted living facilities uh, once every uh, other month and sing and, and worship with them folks and we let them kiss on us and slobber on us and we just we just have a good old time. It's just a blessing. We, we're blessed a whole lot more than they are with us coming. But it's just a great time in the Lord. And then we do a widow, widower, uh, assisted living free dinner concert uh, in October. We bring in as many uh, widows and widowers that we can find in our area and we feed them a full course dinner with dessert and then we do a concert and we don't charge anybody anything it's all free uh, so we we do more than just sing and uh, so y'all pray for us as, as we uh, go about from place to place and uh, pray for our ministries that we're involved with uh, Rick you feel like playing something Y'all want to hear Rick play a solo? We do. You got to encourage him. story about Rick take just a minute uh, we were doing a uh, service not too long ago and and after the service this lady come up to me and she says I know that piano player over there I said oh yeah how you know him she said well I taught him in school third grade 
And I said, well, can you tell us something about him that we might can use up on the stage, you know, or whatever? Oh, yeah, I can tell you a bunch of stuff. But she said, the one that really sticks out is we caught him cheating on a test. I said, oh, wait, you got to tell me about that. So after the test, she came and got him and said, uh, come on, Rick, we need to go see the principal. So she takes him up to the principal's office and principal's got his paper there you know and and he said uh, said rick said uh, you cheated on this test and he said no 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 he said yeah he said, he said we got proof he said on the first question there's multiple choice question on a test and he said on the first question you put your answer down as b and he showed him another paper and he said and you can see little johnny sitting next to you he put down b as your as the answer. Rick said, well, what's the correct answer? And he, the principal said, well, it's B. And Rick says, well, what's the problem? We both got it right. And he said, well, he said, let's go to the second question. So he goes to the second question, and Rick put down his answer as A. And the principal showed him, said, and you can see little Johnny put down A as well. So Rick asked him again. said, well, what's the correct answer? principal said it was A. And Rick says, sir, I just, I just don't understand what this is all about. We both got the correct answer. And he said, well, Rick, he said, on your third question is where we really got you. As you can see on little Johnny's question paper, on the third question, his answer was, I don't know. <laughs> and on your paper, you said, I don't either. <laughs> uh, this won't take but a quick second here. Let me tell you about Bob. He, he does a lot. He's on TV down in Georgia. He's on Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta, yeah. Does commercials for him. He's on the radio all over North Georgia. We was at a barbecue restaurant one day, and this old, older couple came up to him and said, you look just like that fellow that sings Bass for Glory Bound. Has anybody ever told you that? Bob says, yeah. He said, makes you kind of mad, don't it? <laughs> okay. Let, let that one fly around a couple of times. <laughs> We're going to ask Eric to come back and, and lead us in a song called Pass to Present. When you accept Jesus Christ, you lose all of your past sins. He don't even remember them. They're gone forever. Amen. Past. of the Lord made 
you but when I found the Lord when I accepted him as my Savior he found me he was you know he was calling me but when I accepted him 
he then became everything to me. He is my all in all, everything. He is to me. was his name. Some will say that he was just a man like you and me. There was no greater reason why he came. But if I could, I'd take you to a humble little place where these blinded eyes were made to see. He opened up my heart and then he saved me by his grace. And now he means everything to me. Let me uh, share a little something with you. You knew that uh, one, didn't you? You knew that one, didn't you? I hope you have enjoyed Glory Bound today. Uh,
We ask that you pray for us, pray for our ministry. Uh, we do have a bus. We didn't drive it all the way up here, but we do have a bus. Pray for safety on our bus and safety for us going back home tomorrow. Uh, Please pray for our bus. <laughs> the reason we didn't bring it is because it has a little problem with it right now. And Can know, I say something before you do that real quick? Just quick. No, it's, it's serious. May I say thank you to each and every one of you here. And, and you may not be very familiar with Southern Gospel, but they, we, we do a lot of homecomings, dinner on the grounds, and stuff like that. And we love them. They're absolutely wonderful. And that's, yeah, we all started out about Eric's size. And uh, <laughs> you'll you see what happened. But, but we don't do very many uh, sing in the morning service, go eat dinner on the grounds, and then come back and sing. One, because most people just want to go home, and two, it's very difficult if you put a lot of food in your body, uh, the notes don't come out real well. But let me tell you, I, you people are amazing. I was telling a couple of guys, I said, well, we'll you know, two services, and then they go to dinner, and then everybody's going to go home. I figured we'd be lucky to get 100 people in here. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Thank you so much. It is, it is much easier to sing to people who are enjoying it and a lot of them. So just thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Well, if you've enjoyed us, uh, we have some CDs out on the table out here, just through those doors there. And uh, if you'd go by there and pick up a couple of CDs or whatever, that's going to be cheaper on you than taking all of us home with you. <laughs> so uh, y'all go by and pick you up some CDs and, and, and let us know that you, you will be praying for us and that you'll you love on us. And, and not just the next week or two, but from now on, uh, put us up on your refrigerator and on your prayer list to pray for us. And then we've got some hats, too, that uh, have glory bound on it. And that's what we've been singing about, uh, glory bound. And the message this morning, uh, but God, I told him uh, and during the break between the two services, I said, that ought to be the title of that message, but God. Ain't you glad for but God in your life? Wow, where I would be if it wasn't but God in my life. <coughs> but we do have some hats with Glory Bound on it. Not only do they uh, tell people about Glory Bound Quartet, maybe, but let people know where you're bound for eternity. You go in the glory. Amen. We have those in, for guy colors and ladies. We've got your colors, too. We've got some purple and some pinks. But uh, go by and, and any of the purchases, you know, that just helps us go up and down the road. So uh, y'all pray for us. We're going to do, uh, Gary's going to lead us in one called Voice from the Cross. And as, as he leads us in this song, I want each of you that are saved to go back. <coughs> let your mind and your heart go back to when you, you started hearing God, not just with your head, but with your heart and you really you really heard him speaking to you let your mind and your heart go back to that time voice 
from the cross. I was unworthy to stand in the presence of the King. My life was tainted by sin, and I was lost. Then I heard a gentle voice saying, Father, forgive him. It was the voice of my Lord from the cross. When he spoke from the cross, he was speaking to me. Because of my sin, he was there on the tree. When he spoke from the cross, he spoke clearly that day. And his blood washed my sin away. And when I came a little closer to where his blood was flowing down, and just one drop of his blood touched my soul. Then he said, it is finished, and Calvary's work was done. And I knew his precious blood had made me whole. When he spoke from the cross, he was speaking to me. still in the saving business amen and he can save your soul here this morning 
doesn't matter what you've done in your life, what sin you have in your life. Jesus can forgive you of that. He can save your soul if you'll just accept him as your Savior. Pastor, would you I'm going to ask the pastor to come forward and, and, and y'all stand. We're going to do this song. It's called He Loves Me. And again, no matter what you've done in your life, what sin you have or had in your life, Jesus can forgive you and save your soul if you'll just come and let him. He loves me.
Ain't you glad this morning? Jesus loves me. song we're going to do. I understand it's your favorite. They sang it this morning, but we were asked to do it, so we're going to do it. <laughs> we're running a little bit over, but I'm hoping that's okay. We want you to stand up here in, in amongst us. <laughs> Make me sound good. <laughs> Make me sound good. <laughs> There's only so much I can do. <laughs> Get the words. Right them up there. They probably erased them already. You don't erase them, do you? <laughs> Thank y'all for having us. Bless your heart. Y'all pray for us. We love you. There's a sweet, sweet.
has been a wonderful, wonderful day, but the most wonderful thing that can happen is if you're here and you're not sure that heaven is your home, that in this last moment you'll do what I did so many years ago, call upon the Lord and ask Jesus to be your Savior. If you're here today and you're trusting in your own righteousness, do a trade. Give it up and receive Jesus' righteousness. Let's pray together, and then we'll say goodbye to Glory Bound. Father, thank you now for this wonderful opportunity to sing about heaven, to sing about our Savior, to sing about his love. You, your love is so great. You love the world, but you love, you love us. Your love is greater than our sin. Father, I pray now if there be one, they're not certain that heaven is their home, and they sense the touch of the Spirit of God upon their heart. I pray right now in this moment they would open their heart. They would call upon the Lord and trust you. Right now, with their heads bowed, our eyes closed, if you're not certain that heaven is your home, if you're living with doubt, God wrote the Bible to take away your doubt and to give you the faith in Christ to be born again in his family. Would you pray with me now? Pray with me now from your heart, dear Lord. I know that I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sin. I believe Jesus died for me and rose again. Please come into my heart and become my Lord and Savior. Please save me today. With our heads bowed as we come before the Lord, if you just pray with me and you meant it, I want to pray for you. Would you simply raise your hand? Anyone at all, I just pray with you from my heart. I wasn't sure that heaven's my home. I prayed to receive Christ as my Savior. Just hold your hand up high for a moment that I might be able to pray for you. Anyone at all, anyone at all, just lift your hand for a moment. Our Father, we are thankful for all that we have experienced today. We want to boast in you. We want to glory in you. We want people to see Jesus and not us. May we join with John the Baptist that, that you might increase and we might decrease. Father, thank you for those who are now serving. I pray for those coming back from Alaska, for the group going to Alaska, for our teens going to Nicaragua. I pray for all of us as we go out, as we see the sign, we are entering the mission field. Now, Father, may we be made faithful by you and your spirit to serve the Son of God until we see you face to face. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 From the pastoral staff, thank you for your love and your kindness, your gifts, your flowers, but most of all, your love and prayers and the spirit of unity that you choose that we can serve our Savior and be a lighthouse for Christ. God bless you. Have a great day as we celebrate Jesus Christ. If